Hello, friends, and welcome to this instalment of Plan First Wealth and Friends. This is a live show where James Boyle and myself, Richard Taylor, get together with our fellow professionals in the expat space. Someone who has something of value or interest to share with our community of British expatriates living in America. And we get them to tell their story and spill the beans. With James and I today is Simon Misevich for our regular monthly instalment of live Q&A with a US-UK cross-border tax advisor, which is Simon, and financial planner, Semwa. I'll allow Simon to introduce himself shortly. He is the founder and managing director of Optimize Accountants in the UK, and he has been providing property and expat tax advice for about 20 years now. So before we get to the good stuff, I just need to ask James to read us a quick disclaimer. Yes, you, this is the good stuff, Richard. <laughs> Plan First Wealth is a registered investment advisor. The information presented today is for educational purposes only. Plan First Wealth does not provide any tax and or legal advice and strongly recommends that clients seek their own advice in these areas, which I think we're going to get some overlap today. Yeah, very. and here we have the tax advisor who can do just that. So Simon, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself in a couple of, a couple of sentences. Yeah, of course. So my name is indeed Simon Mishevich from Optimized Accountants. I am a UK-US tax specialist focusing on very much on helping people grow their wealth whilst reducing their tax liabilities in both countries. Grow your wealth and reduce your tax liabilities. Yeah, I'd say we're pretty much aligned. And being staying compliance. Grow your wealth. Absolutely. Yeah. Reduce your tax and legally reducing your tax liabilities. Legally reduce your tax burden and stay in compliance with everyone. Yeah, IRS, HMRC, whoever. They're, I think we're that's that they're good objectives. They're good goals. I think for everyone to aspire to. They were. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so just so anyone who doesn't know, Plan First Wealth and Friends. Every month, every week, we get together with a friend. This is a regular one that we do with Simon. Every month, we ask our community if they have any tax questions in advance of this get together, and then we have half an hour now where we will wrestle with these questions, James. What's on the docket today, please, my friend? So we have had some lively discussions. I do want to say for anyone watching live, if you're watching on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, a lot of these questions have come from our Wealth Hub US UK group. That's our exclusive Facebook group focused on British expats living in the States. Certainly, we encourage everyone watching to go ahead and join that. Again, that's on Facebook. The group is Wealth Hub US UK. Go ahead. James, can I just jump in? So there's this the Facebook group that James is alluding to. If you're a British expatriate, if you are managing your own finances, if you are with another financial advisor and not us, but you're aware of what we do, join this group. Join our email list as well, but join this group because we are in there, we are facilitating debates, we're answering questions, we don't have all the answers, okay? If you're a DIYer, if you're with another advisor and you want access to some of this knowledge, the Facebook group, Wealth Hub US UK, is where it's at and it's free it's totally free and we are monitoring comments so if you have questions as we discuss a couple of these that have been sent in please feel free to post them and we'll tackle them as we can here so let's start with question one here is it true that by taking a very small initial distribution from your uk pension pot you might pay emergency tax call at 45 percent on the amount but then you can establish an empty tax code for the remainder if so, how is this done? In other words, how can I apply for the NT tax code? What forms are involved? This is coming from us, actually from a US citizen and resident. 
Can I just specify it, Jamie? We're we talking about take. So this is they've got a pension, and they're going to take a small amount to trigger the tax, or it's a small pension. They're going to take it all. They're going to take a small amount of their larger pension. Okay. Okay. I've got an a. Uh, Simon, I mean, this, does this cover the 25% PCOS that we've been debating about? And anyone listening to the watching the show, the amount of background work that goes into these questions and answers between all three of us that you're watching is immense, uh, I have to say. And it's great to be part of this team. So thanks for the invite. But let's just cover this in terms of just the normal payment. Let's ignore the PCOS lump sum for a second. Yeah. Ultimately, if you have got any form of earnings in the United Kingdom, it could be taxable. But you need to also then consider the taxation treaty between the US and UK. So pensions wise, if you have a UK pension, but you are resident and pay taxes in the US, then it shouldn't be taxable in the UK. It should be sent over to you, pay gross to you in the United States, and then you pay your taxes as normal in the United States. There are forms that HMRC provide to you, which you can complete, which shows the double taxation treaty. You send it over to the IRS. They, you've completed it all. And you can provide a link maybe from my email over to the group so people can see that link. We actually have a, an entire blog that lays out yeah, yeah. the IRS form. The U I just think for the community, form. just for speed, mm. you want to put it in there. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. We, yeah. But that, those forms can be completed. They are HMRC forms, but they are sent not to HMRC. They are sent to the, yeah. the country that you're in. So in this case, the IRS. And basically, they fill in the information, they send it over to HMRC, and then prevent any taxation being deducted at source. The one thing I would always say, you're relying upon the IRS and HMRC. <laughs> it's always a bit dangerous to do that. So what I would always say to you is reach out to your pension provider and say to them, look, I'm moving countries, are there things that I can do? And they may give you a bit more of a more of an efficient process to follow to make sure that your payments are actually going to be taxable in the United States or on the UK. I don't know if you've had any points on that, Richard. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to focus more on the specifics of the question. Just I think this guy's this guy or girl has got a very specific issue in mind. Here's my understanding. And sorry, obviously, correct me if you think I'm wrong on any of this stuff. So the they ha they haven't got an NT tax code. I right? just it's from the sounds of that question, there's no anti-tax code in place yet. Let's say they've been in the US for a long time, so there's no existing tax code for them in the UK. Yeah. So when their pension provider pays out to them through PAYE, with that, in the absence of any tax code being existing for them, emergency tax will be applied. Correct, yeah. So the, the way you can, and that will be a lot, I don't know, 30 something percent who knows but it'll be a lot the way to avoid that is to get an nt tax code in advance but that will take months you get the forms you send them to the irs the irs does what it does with them sends them to the uk hmrc does what it does with them sends them uploads a new tax code to pay system months many months yeah so that's the best case scenario you get you get the nt tax code in advance then any payment will be paid to you gross and you only have to worry about declaring it and paying tax in the US. Correct. But to answer the question, let's say though this person's, I need money now. I haven't got, I haven't got months to wait for an NT mm -hmm. tax code. So they want to take a distribution. My, my expectation is yes, that will get, that will suffer emergency tax at source. 
my understanding you should apply for an anti-tax code and that will get applied later on my understanding is again this is something by your expertise but my understanding is under the treaty you're liable for tax in the us therefore you cannot offset that uk tax against your us tax bill what you have to do instead is to pay tax in the US and claim it back from the IR from HMRC because it was, yeah. essentially you voluntarily paid it. I know you haven't, you haven't, but the HMRC and your IRS determined that you voluntarily paid it because you could have got an NT tax code in advance. Yeah, and funny enough, we've had that with HMRC already on the wrong yeah, so, yeah, I have as well. I've got, yeah, I've had it happen. Yeah, so it certainly does happen. Yeah, and back to your point, it is a long process for you to fill in these forms. The the simplest way to do this is where you can fill those forms in, and HMRC will give you the tax back. My honest answer to that would be: if you're in a tax year and you can file your UK tax return, do that way as well, because that will invoke another process to say I've been overtaxed. And you can follow that process to get your tax money back. So there's the tax return or there is the completion of the forms, which I think you've just put the link in there to your blog, which then covers the links to HMRC. Yeah. So I would personally do both <laughs> because whatever is the quickest way, what ends up being the quickest route will be the one that gets you the tax back. So do both. Just get an NT tax code as well, right, as soon as possible. And speak to your yeah. prevention. This goes hold back right straight away to, if you know you're getting a visa to go to the United States, don't wait until you're in the United States to do any of this. You should be prior yeah. to as much as possible before you leave the UK. I, I, think, I think that's great advice. I think it's wildly misunderstood. I think most people just move without thinking, which is dangerous at the best of times, very dangerous coming to the US. But I think actually, I think most people watching this and asking the questions are probably already here. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm thinking about anyone else that was yeah, yeah, no, please interest and then says, oh, I think yeah. about moving as well. Good, yeah, complete prior preparation. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, our motto. It's better, which I stole from someone else. It's better to prepare than to repair. Yeah. Mitch like Anthony, that. thank you if you're watching. <laughs> we should talk about 25% PCLS, but I guess that might come from the next question, James. I can't remember what the next it question is. was. Yeah, we're, we're, and we flirted with it there in the, the discussion about anti-tax code. So let me read out the specific query we received this week. I think it will evolve into a larger discussion about PCLS itself. So someone sent in the question, I have a personal pension in the UK, derived from a defined benefit pension about a hundred thousand pounds planning to take the lump sum 25 percent, which is as i understand it tax-free in the uk my understanding is that the remaining about or about seventy-five thousand pounds will be taxed at the emergency tax rate my question is if u.s tax on that amount will i be able to claim that emergency tax back in the uk so that was the initial question and then we've gotten some sort of commentary and questions around that. Ultimately, taking a step back, there is a question about, is PCLS, in other words, that 25% tax-free lump sum in the UK, is that taxable in the US? I think that's probably a good starting point for this question. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let Simon take this because he's a, he's the, uh, the tax advisor. Yeah, I think, I, and I think this is an open discussion, again, for anyone watching. This is something that we have been doing an awful lot of discussion in the background. 
I think we need to come into what is the whole thing about the UK does provide the allowance for 25% of your pension to be tax-free. That is in black and white, simple to understand. The US doesn't really have this PCLS terminology. Why should it? Because it's not a UK pension. They only focus on US pensions, so they wouldn't mention this whole 25% tax rate at 55. And then we have the double taxation treaty, which is in the middle that says, whatever applies in one country, the UK being it's tax-free in the UK, should apply in the United States, which is also then for saying it's going to be tax-free. But what we need to think about is how does that reference for 25%? Is it tax-free from the IRS perspective? And there's two arguments on this. There is the argument of the tax treaty says what applies for one applies to the other, therefore it should be tax-free, no problems at all. But then there is the savings clause. There is also the IRS, RSC code, sorry, where it talks about how the US will ignore the tax treaty if it's disadvantaging the IRS itself. So with that in mind, the conversation that's been going on for months from my perspective before I even met with Plan First Wealth is trying to get some documentary evidence to say, if I take this 25% lump sum as a US resident, that the IRS will not tax me on it. The problem is interpretation because there is this whole thing about the tax treaty saying pension distributions, whether that 25% is deemed to be capital, which it is because it's reducing capital, therefore it's not income. So therefore the argument should be if it's capital, it's return of money, therefore why should it be taxable in the US? But then the US doesn't really identify that in a tax treaty or in the code to say this 25% from the UK pension is going to be ignored. And in actual fact, it says any amount of distribution from pensions will be de- will be taxable. What I'm basically saying to everyone watching this is that there is a, an element, a huge element of interpretation. Yeah. There is many good providers out there that will say that the 25% UK pension is tax-free from the IRS. There are many other firms that are saying it is not tax-free and is taxable. And they are big firms. We're not talking about small firms here. Where I sit is because I believe that the IRS code is silent on the UK 25% distribution, then we cannot conclude that if this goes to court, whether the IRS will be correct in taxing this amount full stop because of the savings clause. And this is where I'm having to sit on the fence with splinters up my backside because I am unable to, with concrete certainty, say to anyone that it's not taxable or it is taxable. I don't even have an opinion one side or another. I just don't know. Therefore, I cannot state with certainty that what the IRS will do. Yeah, we've we've debated this with you a lot. I think it's clear it's not settled, but the point you keep making to us is there's more there's more collateral, weighty collateral, that the IRS will treat it as taxable. And currently the scales you've maybe you've made us you've made us reassess how those scales are tipped. And 
we, you, our clients, anyone should just never mess with the IRS. Can I go uh, one I think- further, Richard? And this is the whole point, whether it's the UK, HMRC or the courts, we have to remember that the IRS and HMRC are nothing more than organizations. They don't constitute law, but what they will do is try and fight legislation and law to say, we believe it's taxable. Uh, And therefore, you could, uh, we need to think about the legal structure because you can easily go to court, regional courts in the States, and then get an opinion that says the IRS were wrong, uh, it's not taxable. And you breathe a sigh of relief because, you know, they were wrong and you can put it on your social media channels, happy days. But then they go further and go to the Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court and a different judge will take the same information and interpret it differently and then argue, actually, it's the other way around. So it's not even the IRS that we need to worry about Mm. or HRC. It's actually the judge on the day. I'd worry about it less if the IRS came out and said, ah, we don't think it's taxable. (laughs) If they said that, it's not going to get to court, one would think. But they haven't years ago. They came back and said they think savings clause applies. Now, that, that, that is not a statement of law. That's a statement of their opinion. But it's very telling. And I always say to clients, you get into a... A legal battle with the IRS, you've lost. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, our sorts of clients, we don't deal with people who have got fifty million. We deal with normal people who have got, who have done well, who can't, who don't want to spend two hundred grand fighting the IRS in court. Not just for financial reasons, for emotional and sanity reasons. But if the PCLS being tax free, you go to court after fight that, you've lost anyway before you, before the verdict, and then the verdict goes against you. Add to that, will we ever see a court case with this in mind? And I don't mean this disrespectfully to anyone, but the people with uber rich wealth, they won't need the 25% piece of less. Right. Yeah. So why yeah. would it get to court? Because they'll just use whatever yeah. investment they have. So will it ever be seen in court? I can't imagine it will be because back to your point, the one who gets penalized with a tax bill from the IRS, they are more likely to pay it out of fear. Yeah, and they would totally. because they believe yeah. it's fair and just, which is meant yeah. to be the American way. Sure, we'll, oh, should we just spend the next half hour debating the inequities of this system and how it favours the uber wealthy and the, it's the middle class who get buggered? Yeah, let's not. <laughs> so, to look to back to that question, the disappointing, I think, consensus here, and it's not. It doesn't matter what I say; it matters what Simon says as a tax advisor. Is he's taken? He's done a lot of work into this, a lot of reading, a lot of research, and he's at the point where. It's not clear, but if you're going to make him, it, I, again, correct, I don't want to talk for you, Simon, but I just want to paraphrase here that, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you're at the opinion that, look, you've looked into it, and if you're completing a tax return, you're taking the position the PCLS is taxable, right? All right. Okay. The rest of the question, James, I can't remember what they were asking. They, 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 I think it relates to the same kind of question as the first one. Yes, if you have no entity tax code, you're going to get hit with emergency tax. You still have to pay tax in the US. You need to claim that back, and you need to get an entity mm-hmm. tax code ASAP. Yep. Yep. Ideally, you get gross distributions, no withheld. Otherwise, you'll need to pay the U.S. tax assessable on it and then claim that back from HMRC. Yeah. I And I hate to sound like a, we repeat ourselves sometimes with these things, but I think this conversation we just had, certainly all the research that has gone into it, the discussions we've had offline, to me, goes to show that trying to tackle a cross-border tax situation, from our perspective, a broader financial planning situation, on your own is is really difficult. I think it makes sense to engage with someone who is 
well-versed in both sides, the U.S. and the U.K., can understand not only how the systems operate in isolation, but also in coordination. Taking advice and having a true understanding of what your position is, I think, is critical. There is subjectivity. These are gray areas. Unfortunately, I know it's not satisfying that we don't have the cut and dry answer, but this is the reality of a lot of these open questions. Two Um, expat acts of madness, in my opinion, doing your own taxes, using TurboTax, or not employing a cross-border tax advisor, going to H&R Block or doing TurboTax. It's an act of madness, in my opinion. And second one is going into retirement without a plan and without a planner by your side. I think you just, the risks of both of those are risks enormously outweigh any financial cost. Mm-hmm. We're coming up to 1230 here. I want to be aware of that. We, we did get a couple questions in that we should maybe touch on from YouTube. Someone asked, thanks for the comments. If I inherit a UK SIP, is it still covered by the tax treaty for me? So presumably this person has inherited a UK SIP. I'm going to go ahead and assume they're maybe a US resident or a US tax person, and they're thinking about taking distributions. I can cover that because again, I have, I've had a recent case myself for this purpose. So where you inherit a pension. Now, pensions, funny enough, are outside the scope of inheritance tax anyway, so that's fine. When it, once it goes into your your coffers, your bank account, or your own pension, it will be transferred to. The only time it becomes taxable is if you start taking money out of it. So this, the rule will apply again is where are you living? That is where you will be paying tax on your money you take out that pension in the form of income. But you're not going to be taxed on it on the money you receive from the inheritance tax perspective. Correct me if I'm wrong here, because it's a while since I've thought about this, and we might even come back to this if we end up not being unable to answer it properly now. If he, this question has been asked, like they've inherited the SIP, as in, to your point, the SIP has just transferred into their name, in which case, yeah, you, it's going to be when you now are the owner of a SIP, so it's going to be taxed when you draw it wherever you're living. Yeah. I think it's different though, right, if, you get, if upon death the SIP pays out, and then I think it depends on whether the person, the deceased, was pre or post 75 or drawdown. Correct, yeah, because it's so, all of it taxable income. Yeah, if they were pre-drawdown or pre a certain age, I can't remember which one. We're going to have to come back to this, I think. I'm gonna have to I think it's a 75-year-old. What we can do is put some notes to that one. Yeah, so yeah. we'll answer it next time. But I, think, but I guess it, the question is how old that person is. <laughs> yeah, so... You ask a question, it's going to depend on how have you inherited the SIP? Have you inherited it as a SIP or a lump sum? And if you inherited it as a lump sum, have you inherited it? How old was this pen, was the SIP in drawdown or was it in pre-drawdown? If it's in pre-drawdown, then there's probably some UK tax. If it's in post-drawdown, then I think there's no UK tax. And I think there's no US tax, but I don't know then. There can be reporting requirements in the US, certainly. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that would be. Yeah. Never underestimate that as well. You can get everything right and you miss a form and find yourself in a bit of a pickle. Maybe, and that's so we've added that was off the top of our heads, but we'll add that to the list for next time. Yeah, I think I can come out with that with a better answer, a more thoughtful answer. Or join the Facebook group and we'll have a look at it there as well. Yep, absolutely. Wealth Hub US UK on Facebook. Touch on the the other question there. This goes back to the NT tax code. Can it be gained in advance of need? And essentially, can you hold it for years? Scott 
not a silly question, my friend. Get asked that all the time. You yes, but don't. The reason being, when you get an NT tax code, it, you get the letter says it's valid for a year, and people then panic that they're going to have to redo it every year. In my experience, what happens is, if if an NT tax code is in use, so someone's taking withdrawals from a pension, then it will generally, hopefully, transfer from year to year. I, no guarantees, but that's what I've seen, and certainly we've had a client who's taken money out and then gone back in a couple of years and the NT tax code has still been has still been there on the, in their PIYE system. But if you get an NT tax code now and then say you don't use it for 10 years, then that wouldn't be there when you went to get money out. So you need to time it-ish within Six a year. Six to 12 months maybe is a yeah. fair window to avoid it sitting stagnant and then potentially falling off of the PAYE system. But we have found our clients have been able to keep them, essentially they renew year to year without, as long as you're taking distribution. If they're being used. Yeah. 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 All right. Perfect. Well done, guys. Kept in time. <laughs> you're welcome, Scott. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in. So again, wrap up here. Certainly visit our website, planforcewealth.com. Optimize accountant Simon. I want to make sure that you have a chance to direct people where to go. Again, we do this monthly, second Wednesday of every month with Simon. We encourage you to join that Facebook group, Wealth Hub US UK. We are active. We are in there answering questions, comments. We're always happy to engage and see how we can help. And we encourage other people. This is a community for, like I say, DIYs, people that are advisors. So we encourage other people to chime in as well. And hopefully we can get a good, it's a minefield. It's difficult. It's challenging. And we're hoping to use this as a, create a resource, a common shared knowledge and experience. So if anyone has had communications with the IRS about this stuff, if everyone has got case law that we're not aware of, like they, we can learn it that way. Simon, best place to find you if anyone's watching for the first time? I think the best place is YouTube to find a bunch of our videos. There is the website, Optimize Accountants, www.optimizeaccountants.co.uk, which is going through another facelift. It's, it's been five years, so it's got to be due. So that's been done. But you can find us on YouTube as well. If you put in Optimize Accountants, you'll find many of our international tax. And we do talk about the 1040s. We've got two really good videos Talk about 1040s, eight things you should do, eight things you shouldn't do. So go ahead and watch those those 1040 tax filing videos. Great. Great. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, thank you, Simon. Thanks all for watching, and we'll talk to you soon. Look forward to it. Cheers. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.